Welcome to the Marie Menu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Hello and welcome to the Marine Manu Cherry Show. We're live here in gorgeous, sunny Seattle. I think the weather is trying to tease us as we step oh, into October. Just trying to hang on, oh, just a little bit gorgeous, longer. gorgeous. And we trust wherever you are in the world, whatever time of day it is, and whatever your weather conditions are, that you are enjoying yourself, that you are feeling grounded, connected to source energy, and excited for the time we're going to spend together. Which I always am every Thursday here, talking to amazing people, our callers, and of course, one of my greatest joys is to interview people who I believe stand on the leading edge of thought. Um, so exciting. I learned so much from these interviews. And so today I get the pleasure of interviewing for the first time private investigator Bob Olson. He is an expert on the afterlife who has become nationally known for his workshops, webinars, and media contributions based on 15 years of research, in-depth interviews, and old-fashioned detective work. Um, His new book, which you are going to love, it's going to be my Christmas present to my friends and family members, by the way, Answers About the Afterlife. Again, a private investigator's 15-year research unlocks the mysteries of life and death. Welcome to the show, Bob. Oh, thank you, Marie. So happy to be here with you and Benny in Seattle, anybody else who's listening. Oh, and where are you right now in the world? I'm in uh, Kennebunkport, Maine, southern Maine. Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah a little vacation spot down in the, the bottom of Maine. Some people don't even know where Maine is, but... Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> It's way on the east coast. It's way over there, yeah, on the other side of, of Washington State. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know, on the other side of the, the country of Washington State, however you want to describe it. So are the leaves turning just gorgeous right now? Oh, my goodness, yeah. Last weekend, my wife, Melissa, and I went apple picking, and uh, I didn't realize uh, how much the leaves had, had changed until we took, it was an hour and a half drive north, and ah, oh, it was just beautiful. Wow, wow. Well, we wish you a restful vacation. You've been working hard writing this book, and which is now beautifully published. But, uh, you know, it it's, takes time to write a book, and you're also very busy with your own TV, webinar, lectures, all of those things. So how did you find the time to write? Well, <laughs> that's a good question. I'm not sure I know the answer to that. Uh, you, you know, I, it took me three and a half years to write it. And in writing, you know, it's not just the writing, it's the writing and then the editing Basically, writing is writing, editing, 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 editing. <laughs> right. It's and uh, but it, yeah, it took me three and a half years, and I think it was one of those things. Like so many uh, things in our lives, we just feel so passionate about that mm-hmm. you find the time. You're driven mm-hmm. to find the time for it, and not because I, um, not because I. I so much, you know, love writing or, you know, wanted to have a book out there or anything. It was because uh, so many people who, especially those who are grieving, uh, a lot of people who are curious mm-hmm. about the afterlife had a lot of questions. And, and over the years, I've been doing this for over 15 years, I've, I've heard all these questions over and over. And I'm at a place in my life now where I don't have the time to be emailing people the answers to all their questions anymore. And so I thought I would put all those answers that I've 
I've concluded over the years uh, into one place so they could have them. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you for answering all those emails for years. That is also time-consuming, but shows your compassion um, for the people that you connect with. And then thank you so much for taking the time to put it in a book, a really well-written book. I, I even love how you jump into what I would consider maybe some challenging topics really early on in the book, and I certainly want to get um, to those as well. But first I want to talk about, so you were a private investigator first. I mean, like the real deal, you know, like you follow people around, <laughs> take pictures, you know, behind trees, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, I went to school for criminology. Criminal justice was my major. And I uh, got out and um, I had a professor uh, who was encouraging me to uh, to go in this direction. And I thought I was going to be like a FBI agent or ATF or, you know, DEA or something. And I went to those agencies and interviewed, and they all recommended that I become a police officer and uh, work for a few, three to five years to get some experience before, you know, they would really be interested in me. And being kind of an impatient person, I took my professor's uh, advice, and uh, I first apprenticed with someone who was a private investigator for a few years, and then uh, I actually ended up taking over his, his PI agency. So that was very wow. good good time, good place, you know, for wow. me. And um, is law enforcement in the family line, or is this something that you just kind of came to? No. No, it, yeah, it was something I kind of came to. Um, uh, I, was, I, I, I had a guidance counselor in high school who had asked me what I, you know, what I was going to major in in college, and I had no idea. <laughs> and so he went through this big, long list of things. And I was like, no, no, no. And he, t- he said, criminology. I was like, what's that? <laughs> and, and he told me, I said, oh, that sounds good. And uh, so that's sort of how that all happened. But uh, it's funny how life it takes its twists and turns and, and directs you in certain ways. Yeah. And, of course, you had no idea. I'm assuming you had no idea that you would take all these talents that you have about investigation and use it towards learning about death and the afterlife and reincarnation and uh, all of the many you know titles and subtitles that go under that category. And and what I remember reading in the book, it was really the loss of your father that sent you in that direction. That curiosity of where did he go? That's exactly it. You know, I um, I had been a private investigator. Oh, I don't even know. Oh, well over a decade, and um, my. F- my father passed, and this was in 1997, and he was 64. I was in my mid-30s, and, and I think for the first time in my life, I, I really thought about what happens when we die, and uh, it kind of got under my skin, this question, all those questions, you know, if, if he went somewhere, where did he go, what's that place like, that sort of thing, can he, is he still aware of what I'm doing in my life, that sort of thing, and, and then I, I sort of made a commitment. You know, I thought, wow, if, you know, if anybody can sort of figure this out, it would be someone with the skills uh, of a private eye. So I thought, okay, and I made that commitment. I'm, I'm going to investigate the afterlife. And I, I didn't know. I didn't decide I was going to do this for the rest of my life. Right. <laughs> I didn't even know what that entailed, but here I am. And now it's, that was 17 years ago, uh, still doing it. Wow. Your dedication to your dad is so beautiful. I mean, it really... Uh, touched me deeply when I read it. And do you think that your dad was, you know, I mean, you you know a lot about now about him and his circumstances of his existence now that he's, of course, over there and you've talked to a gazillion mediums on the subject and have had your own incredible experiences. And do you think that he was over there prodding you 
to investigate this topic? Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I, I do, because he seems to have a commitment in it as well. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting thing. You know, I, I don't think that our human lives as the, the, the me that I know is me, the you that you know is you, um, ends with our physical deaths. I think they continue, and I think part of my father's uh, life continued as he was Bob Sr., um, as Bob Sr. continued as uh, doing this work with me. Uh, he's been in every reading that I've ever had, oh, hundreds, and, and, and he's, he's just been there in so many directions, and I know that he helped me write this book. Um, and so, yeah, I think he made a commitment, and he may have been the one to push me towards it. Now, with that said, uh, for some reason I always had a fascination with death. Now, it wasn't the afterlife so much as death. I knew there was something life-changing about our mortality, knowing that we were all going to die at one time, and I could see how that affected people when they would almost die and how that could change their lives because all of a sudden it was a wake-up moment for them. And way back when, when, my, when I was, we were kids, my wife and I, we, we dated since she was 12. I was 15 years old and we were dating. Even before that, um, we knew each other, and when she was 11 and I was 14, she actually gave me a book called Don't Be Afraid to Die. And I still have that book today. And it was almost, you know, almost like a foreshadow of what was to be many years later. Wow. I mean, it's just so obvious how your spirits were meant to be together today. I mean, in this realm, helping each other and and discovering more and more about the afterlife, supporting each other in that. That's really quite beautiful. Yeah, it's been a great, we're, we're a great team. <laughs> I am sure of it. There's no doubt in my mind. Um what I love is how you even describe the concept of souls and spirits, even God. I mean, right away you step into the God scenario. You know, I always call it the G word. I actually love the word God, but in all the talks and, and lectures that I've done, it's really apparent when I'm speaking that not everybody likes that word. Um, yeah. People are uncomfortable with it or just have maybe old religious ideas that are difficult for them to shake. And you, you address that right away in the book, which I really appreciate. And, and you use different language to describe it, which is lovely, you know, um, infinite knowledge, the universe, creation, all these beautiful terms. But what I love the most about this jump into the God zone, if you will, that you do so early on in the book, is that you remind people, or maybe in their minds it's the first time they've ever heard it, but I always think of it as a reminder, that they too are God, you know, that they're part of this irreplaceable energy that exists throughout the cosmos, and um, and, and that we are, all are truly this existence. I, I just think that's so lovely and kind of uh, brave of you, actually. I'm sure you, you don't feel that after all the interviews you've done and all the experiences that you have had, that you don't feel like you're taking a risk. But I thought it was just lovely, profound, and very important for human consciousness. Well, thank you. Um, uh, first of all, you said it better than I could. I mean, the one thing that I've learned is that, you know, I can write much more articulately than I can speak uh, things. And, and one of those reasons is because of all that editing. You get to really choose your words carefully. And, and I thought it was really important that for so many of these questions, and these two that you talked about, the, the question on God, the question on the difference between a spirit and a soul, were really important. And uh, and so I really was able to choose my words carefully. But you did a great job there. And the other thing I will say is, no, actually, um, it does still feel like a risk every single time. <laughs> and, 
every time I, I talk to somebody because because of people's religious beliefs and um, and it's so interesting. I, I so many people have said the the spirit and soul thing like changed their life. They've mm-hmm. changed their paradigm. Mm-hmm. It was a paradigm shift for them, mm-hmm. and helped everything fall into place from that point on. And I was glad, and I was inspired by that. And I could probably thank my father for that right. um, along the line. But the right. God thing. Um, there's been a lot of people who, not a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, because it was, it's a very, very tiny percentage, but it's still, you know, I, I hate to throw anybody off track. And, and while so many people would agree with what it says, because their religious leaders didn't teach them that, um, it sometimes throws people off a little bit. The, the people who are open-minded to learning new things and seeing things a new way, are fine with it because they know I'm not trying to push anything on anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I say throughout the book, don't take my word for this. Right. You know, do your own investigation. Yeah, which is and, so lovely. In the beginning, you really talk about how people need to have their own experiences and that they can, um, and, and that can happen in multiple ways, but, but ultimately you want to have them um, even away from others to create your own personal um, amazing moment with the afterlife or the universe or energy or however you want to describe it so that they can have a felt experience, which is the most convincing. And as you so eloquently wrote, leads us into the greater aspect of knowing, which is really important for every human being. Um, But I I love that whole piece about the God part, because I, I believe, you know, all human beings are magnificent beyond measure. And I think as more and more beings move into that concept in some way, in some regard, and you wrote it so well, really, believe me, you, you did excellent that Thank I, you. Yes, I just think it helps humanity to to um, step away from the struggle, maybe step back from our ego and our, and our fear, and increase our self worth and belief in who we are. Yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe that's the most important message that anybody could really have is to understand. There's an old saying, you know, uh, "Be still and know that I am God," and and people have told me where that comes from, but. I can't remember. Uh, it's, it may be a Bible thing. I don't know where it comes from, and people are sure to tell me now that, that I've said this. But um, but I, I learned that years and years ago when I was, was, was young, and I always thought that was amazing, and now I finally understand it. Um, and, and the way I kind of describe things is that when we think of God, I think of God as the creative intelligence of the universe, and, I, and that God wanted to experience certain things, and that... And so he created souls in order to do that. And then that our souls then created spirits in order to have individual experiences. And I compare that, you know, the, the ocean wave analogy. The ocean wants to experience the shore, so it creates a wave. And each wave is unique in itself, and it goes and it ex- experiences the shore, and then it rushes back, back into the ocean, which is its soul. And But it's all connected to the the world. It's connected to the universe, which is... Which is God, and so you can see when you think of this uh, this sort of trilogy of God's uh, soul and spirit, we recognize we're all one, and we are connected to to God. We may not have the awareness that God has, of course, um, but we are still part of God. And, uh, and and when people recognize that, they recognize that they are not limited by all these limiting thoughts that we have, that we can't do this, we can't do that. You know, other people can do it, but I can't do it. That kind of mentality. We recognize, no, we're all equal because we're all God. And if that person can do it, I can certainly do it as well. I think that's really freeing. Yeah, I 
I, I love the part when you talk about the spirit, you know, that each one of us right now is a spirit of our soul and that every lifetime we are a, a new version or a new spirit of our soul. Um, I, I think that is really quite profound, actually. It, it definitely took me um, in, into a, a bigger expansion of, of my awareness of how I would you know, understand things on a deeper level. I think it's really quite profound and very, very Thanks. helpful. Yeah, very helpful for yeah. people. Yeah, to put it in a great place. So, well, a lot oh. of people have, have said that. I, I didn't realize. I mean, I knew for me how life changing that principle was. Um, I put it in the book at, at the beginning because I knew that in order to really understand everything throughout the whole book, it was important to do it at the beginning so people understood that these concepts that we've been talking about and. And so I call that the big picture section at the beginning. The big, this is my big picture of everything. And now that you understand the big picture, let's get into the detail. <laughs> yeah, and it really answers, too, about how, you know, someone could have, has left their body, maybe even reincarnated, of course, which would be another spirit, but that the spirit that we know or experienced in the lifetime we shared together still exists. And that's why we can communicate with it or have a relationship with it or have experiences with it because it never dies because nothing ever really dies. So I, I just yeah. think that you found a f- magnificent way to help people understand it and put it into a concept in their brain where their brain doesn't go, oh, my God, what does all this mean? You know, um, So yeah. that's just lovely. That's lovely. Um, so uh, before we take a break, I just want to ask you, um, if you don't mind sharing one of your early experiences with a medium, because you said at first you were a skeptic. And, of course, you are a skeptic. We all, I think we all should be. I think it's really healthy to get our own answers and... I think that's really um, part of the whole joy of having a lifetime here on planet Earth. Um, But if you don't mind sharing one of your early experiences or what you felt in the discussion and who that medium was that, you know, is in your mind the most in terms of some of your early adventures. Well, you know, here's the thing, because the name really doesn't matter. What matters is it. You know, the first medium that I went to, you know, you never forget your first. Uh, this is true for people getting readings, too. Those people who have never had a reading before, and then they have their first experience. If it's as good as the experience that I had, and it wasn't, that wasn't the best reading I ever had. That's, but it was the best reading I ever had at that time, because it was the only reading I ever had from a medium. And it was so all eye-opening, and it was, you know, it was this profound change that occurred. I was like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. I, you know, sure, certainly, like you say, we kind of, we want to believe that there's life after death. And now all of a sudden I had evidence, which was really important to me as a private investigator, evidence. I had evidence to indicate that there is life after death. And all kinds, it was a three-hour reading. Um, wow. The reading was going so well that the medium didn't want it to stop. <laughs> <laughs> and so we kept going. And um, lots of evidence came through. You know, my father certainly came through, and lots of details about what he, what his character was like, his personality, his his physical appearance, how he died, uh, even the clothing that he wore. My grandmother came through the same thing. She she listed without any error the first names of all her grandchildren. Which was wow. Amazing. Okay, that's I, I that's mean, incredible. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of grandchildren, and so, yeah, it was. It was. I mean, and then my father came through about halfway through the reading by saying one of his proudest moments of me was watching me play a solo uh, mm-hmm. in the middle school band on my saxophone. Wow. And 
how could she possibly, this is a stranger to me, how could she possibly know I played the saxophone in the middle school band, and there was only two solos, and I played one of them. And, how, and, and my father was a, was a truck driver. He used to go away for weeks at a time. And he didn't make too many events that I went to, and he did make that event that I played that solo. And so it was meaningful, and it was great evidence. Wow. Uh, sounds like fantastic evidence. I'm having the pleasure of interviewing Bob Olson, host of AfterlifeTV.com, and his new book, Answers About the Afterlife. We'll be right back. Marie Manucheri will be holding a seminar in Hollyhock, Vancouver, entitled Discovering and Dissolving Blockages to Health. This seminar ranges from Friday, October 24th through Sunday, October 26th. You may have had a time in your life when you desperately needed a new way to look at a situation in order to reduce conflict or create change. Shifting energy breaks away patterns and allows everything to become new. Within the birth of new energy, anything is possible even healing from a difficult disease. Join Marie for this two-and-a-half-day course to discover how to unravel old patterns and return to your authentic nature. For more information on how to register, visit our events page at energyintuitive.com. And again, this seminar will be in Hollyhock, Vancouver, British Columbia from Friday, October 24th through Sunday, October 26th. Are you looking for tools to enhance your life or to bring those things you desire into your life? Marie offers a variety of CDs to help you do just that. Get acquainted with your seven primary chakras and balance your human energy system. Or is embracing your intuition what you're looking to learn? Or would you rather focus on a healthy immune system? These CDs and more are available through Marie's website at energyintuitive.com. For a complete list of CDs available and their descriptions, please visit Marie's website today. Manifesting dreams into reality is meant to be exciting and easy. When the tools you use stop working, a lack of self-worth is most likely holding you back. Marie's Affirm Your Worth cards are the perfect solution to increase self-appreciation while magnetizing your dreams into reality in a nurturing and fun way. Order your Affirm Your Worth cards today online at energyintuitive.com. Or call 425-485-8813. That's 425-485-8813. We live in a world that's become predictable. Our realities are filled with distractions, hopelessness, and confusion. We've begun to lose touch of what we're truly capable of. It's time for us to regain our true potential. Join psychic medium and crystal child, Lindsay Paul, as she connects to the other side and brings back messages from beyond. Along with her psychic and skeptic, Abraham DeWeese and indigo child, Sarah Ellis. They'll help you soar to new heights by answering your questions. Don't miss Wisdom Within Radio, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Want to hear something different from talk radio? The choice is clear. Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m.
And welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We're live here in Seattle. You can also listen to any podcast of any show that I've recorded at energyintuitive.com. And where else can people go to uh, listen to the show live? And watch, actually. And watch, you are uh, on yes. The webcam. We have four cameras in here. I always have to make sure I have my lipstick on and mascara uh, before I walk into I'll the repeat studio. myself over and over again. You don't need it. You look beautiful. I better stop saying that. At 1150kknw.com. <laughs> yes, you are welcome to view and listen to us there. Oh, lovely. Uh, so, Bob, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, when we were um, off the air, we were talking about grief and um, how I noticed that when it comes up, because um, we, were, we were talking about a few things, that I can just feel how you can connect to your your audience in, in that beautiful way where they really feel seen and heard. And, and, and that must be something that I'm not, maybe the word enjoy is too strong, but you, you somehow... Um, are able to hold them during, you know, a difficult moment or their encounter of the memory of a difficult moment. And I really think that makes you a healer, you know, when you can be in that place with someone and affect molecular change by your compassion. Have you thought of yourself that way? No. (laughs) I don't think, I know I haven't. I mean, I think think it's a great, it's, you know, whatever, it's a great description, great metaphor, um, or maybe it's reality. But, you know, when I, when I was writing the book, you, you sort of mentioned this earlier, uh, when I was writing the book, that was who I was writing to. I was writing to wow. people who had really lost someone. And so every word was written as if someone was right in front of me who was go- going through a loss. Wow. And um, that was my motivation and my muse, I guess, if you want to think of it that wow. way. Wow, that's incredible. We're going to go ahead and go to the phone lines. Who do we have? Sure, we'll take Amy calling them from East Longmeadow, uh, Massachusetts, I believe. Is that right? Or is it Maine? Which one is East, it? East uh, Massachusetts. Thank ah. you. I was right the first time. Just double checking. And so, Hi, guys. Hello. What is your question, Amy? Um, well, I actually I love the topic that you guys are talking about today because I recently lost my little brother. Um, so the afterlife has been a lot more interesting to me as of late. Um, and so my question was, do you, can you talk to him? Does he have anything to say? Um, well, I, I will do my very best, but Bob, don't you feel like you're now, and I know this may make you feel a little uncomfortable, but don't you feel like now in many ways you are a medium? I mean, that you stand on that astral plane place through all the experiences that you've had and that you have felt experiences probably even more than that, um, with, uh, people in general and, and life in general. Don't you feel that that's happened for you? Well, it's, you know, I, my intuition is certainly kicked up, you know, to a very high degree. I don't usually go around saying that, but, but that, <laughs> that's a reality. I've never communicated with people in spirit. I've never been good at that. And, mm. I, and I think there's a part of me that doesn't want to be good at that. Mm. I, I like being the guy next door who doesn't have any of these abilities, and yet he's worked with mediums and 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 investigated the afterlife, I think it helps uh, people in mainstream America sort of to, to bridge that gap. Right. And so I think there's a part of me that doesn't want to be. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that every one of us can communicate with our loved ones. So, Amy, I, I, I don't, I mean, it's great. Um, it's great to have someone that can communicate for you and hear them more clearly that has mediumistic abilities. But I also don't, uh, don't discard the fact that you... You can talk to your brother at any time and talk right out loud. That's what I do with my loved ones in spirit. I just talk right out loud as if they're in the room because I've actually been been sort of uh, 
uh, yelled at by my father, you know, just act as though he's in the room. You know, you feel me in the room. You know I'm in the room. Just talk to me like I'm in the room. Okay, Dad. And uh, do that same thing with your brother. Communicate with him. And then watch for the signs because there's lots of signs that are out there. You may see, you know, there's just so many of them. You might smell an aroma that reminds you of him. Um, you might uh, you might actually see him out of the corner of your eye. You might actually hear him calling your name, and don't think that it's just a coincidence. But it, 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 that really can be him, and you can certainly feel his presence. Try to go at, in that place, or you know, if there's a flickering of the lights, just as you're talking about him, or something that's very very coincidental. Recognize that it's trying to him to get through. Uh, it's him trying to get through to say, I'm here, I hear you, I know what's going on. You know, thank you for remembering me. Uh, but that's, I, that's my advice to you. I think that's fantastic advice. You know, I see people on the other side working so hard to get the people that they love recognize that they're not dead and that they're present and that they love them. Um, you know, I, I always see this metaphor that they have like this little um, catalog or instruction booklet, like an engineering booklet, because they have to move energy differently than they would in the physical realm. And some beings on the other side are just so good at it. Um, and others, at least from my perception, are just working a little bit harder. And, and it's, it's so sweet because the family members here will have a moment where they go, oh, my gosh, that was Aunt Bertha. I know it was. You know, all these signs line up, and, and the family has this excitement moment. And then a couple hours later, they kind of diffuse the situation and go back to thinking that it wasn't Aunt Bertha. And Aunt yeah. Bertha's over there, you know, just like, oh, shucks, dang it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, if she used that word. Um, people, (laughs) people wonder if, you know, why, why would people in spirit, you know, want to communicate through us? You know, we understand why we do. They, they don't know. Because one of the reasons is they feel your pain. They feel the suffering that you're going through because of the loss. And they don't want you to feel that. They want you to be happy again. They understand grief is a necessary uh, passageway after death. They recognize the importance of that. They don't want us to do it any longer than is necessary for each one of us, which will be different for each one of us. But they really want us to be joyful. They want us to move on with our lives. They want us to, to know love and happiness and, and peace. And uh, so that's one of the reasons, that's the main reason that they want to get through, is that they want to help us uh, to feel better and to move through it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And um, Amy, your brother does tell me that he loves hanging around you at this time because you have moments of deep grief and then you have moments of great joy. And he says that it's it's like his favorite place right now while, you know, he's learning to feel comfortable with the discomfort of, of what other people are going through while he's also enjoying. He's very, very uh, excited and blissed out about the new adventures that are over there. And by the way, he was a very handsome man, by the way. <laughs> He's really good looking, um, very attractive. So he's enjoying the, you know, the highs and lows because he feels like, you know, that he can comfort you when you're really sad. But then all of a sudden you feel this, you know, exertion of energy and and of joy, probably because you're feeling him. And it really helps him tremendously, too, as he's uh, helping all of you um, get comfortable with his loss. So uh, so that's what I um, felt. Absolutely, and I just wanted to say that's really great advice, and I've definitely been taking time out of my day to talk with him, and I try to listen. That's the harder part. I talk a lot, and I'm not always great at listening, Um, but what is really interesting is that my son talks about seeing him all the time and tells me that he takes a plane, but it's not really a plane, and I just 
I think it's really interesting, and I just wanted any insights on that that you might have. Well, I mean, uh, children uh, children have a much better uh, ability to see spirits than uh, most adults do. And some people think because they haven't been away from the spirit world for very long uh, and also that they haven't learned skepticism, uh, it becomes a learned thing. And it seems the, the, the longer we are away, the harder it is for us to be able to do that. So trust in what your, 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 your children, all children, are saying to us about these sorts of things. I love the metaphors that they give, um, like on a plane but not really on a plane. You know, children who have near-death experiences, instead of saying they go through a tunnel, they, they went through a noodle. I just love the way they describe things. You know what they're saying, and they just do it in their own brilliant way. I, I want to tell you something, too. Amy, that um, uh, I grew up in Massachusetts and uh, I used to go out to the Springfield area all the time, East Longmeadow. I've been there, uh, and I was, uh, for some reason, this is in my head. Uh, is the Big E still running, the Big E Fair? Uh, it ended last week. Ah, too bad. Well, anyways, um, do, you know, if, if there was something like that that you can do, I just went out picking apples uh, with my wife last weekend, and uh, if there's something like that you can do, always think about taking, you know, taking your brother along, uh, that he's with you. So never hesitate. Don't just do it when you're in your house, when you're with the family, you, you know, and you're out doing something fun like that. Those, they're there with you. They're there because they want to experience that joy with you. Recognize that they're there with you. Talk with them. You know, just, hey, <laughs> what do you think of this? And enjoy that sort of thing. And I don't know why the biggie kept coming into my head. Maybe it's just a good memory for me um, that he, you know, your brother was trying to place Aww, there. But anyways, think about that. And, uh, and I wish you the best. Thank you very much, guys. Oh, lovely. That was great advice. Uh, so in the book, you talk about um, multiple factors that determine how and when we die. Fascinating, by the way. And, and you decided to focus on five different topics or subtopics on this um, um, area. Um, one of them is pre-birth choices. Um, and, and you're a big fan of free will, which I am as, as well. Sometimes I have a problem with the whole contract idea because I feel, I feel like we have free will and we can change things. Um, but yep. in, Okay, great, lovely. And so in these five, um, one of them is pre-birth choice. Could you explain that a little bit? Yes. Um, and, and I totally agree with you. I, I had this conversation with uh, someone recently about this, the, using the word contracts. Yeah. And, and I get a friend who, who has written a book and likes to use that word. But people have to really wrap their mind around it and understand what is meant by it. But to too many people, just like God means different things to different people, contracts mm. means is set in stone and can't be changed. And right. I do not believe that. Yeah. Just just as you said. Um, pre, pre-birth choices is, is our, okay, our soul... Um, decides to experience life through Bob in this case, and so it creates a spirit of itself um, that is going to be Bob Olson, and it's going to experience life as me. Well, uh, the pre-birth choices are, this is what um, my soul would like to get out of this lifetime, the kind of experiences it wants to have, because we learn through experiences. A great example is if you want to really learn about health, um, get sick, uh, and all of a sudden you appreciate health from a whole new level. And there, uh, in the spirit world, we, our souls know peace and love and joy more than anything. And, and, and so our souls can learn about love by experiencing the opposite of that in in hatred, for instance. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And so we wonder, you know, why do so many negative things happen? Some people think negative things aren't supposed to happen to us. And this is one of the reasons we come here, because negative things can happen to us. They can't happen in the spirit world. But what happens is I, I look at all these pre-birth choices that are soul set up. This is what I hope will happen in Bob's life um, as potentials. It's mm-hmm. not, nothing set in stone. And so what happens is my free will then uh, overrides and makes the decision whether I'm going to go right or left. Now, I'm guided in many ways, and I'm guided by my intuition, for instance, um, uh, you know, that gut feeling. I feel like I should turn left. I feel like I should turn right. Um, and, but I get to choose. My intellect gets to choose whether I'm actually going to go right or go left. Uh, we're also guided by people in our lives. We, uh, I call them messengers, people who come into our lives and say, hey, Bob, let's go to the Big E this weekend. You know? <laughs> and I can make the choice whether I'm going to do that or not. So uh, our free will decides what's really going to happen in our life, but our soul has some pre-birth choices that it hoped would happen. And what happens is e- either we fulfill a whole bunch of those things, and our soul then decides, all right, well, we've experienced all that Bob wants to experience. It's really time for him to come home. Right. He doesn't need to spend any more time there. He can come home, and he can still do work over here. He can do more work over here, perhaps the way my father has done. Um, or he can say, you know what, Bob made some free will choices and really didn't accomplish what he wanted to, and I can see that he's not going to, so maybe it's time for him to come home. Right. Or maybe the the uh, pre-birth choice was to to only live a short time. I was only going to live as a young child, and that was going to be my experience. Now, it doesn't decide what day I'm going to die or exactly how I'm going to die, but but my, my soul decided that I was going to die as a young boy. And if that were the case, I wouldn't still be here at the age of 51. And that's how that happens. But that's, sort of, that's, a, that's a brief version of, of how the, pre, uh, the pre-birth choices work. Well, you know what? I, I love how you talk about opportunity and you know, life enjoyment, assisting others, all these beautiful topics. And so, you know, so many people are worried about they're going to get an illness and die or get in a car accident or you know, all these physical things that could happen to their bodies. I tend to worry about that I'm going to figure out what I want, came here for and then, then I'm going to cross. You know? So there's a part of me who's like, <laughs> okay, this is kind of nerve-wracking. Do I still want to grow? Because what if I figure it out and... You know, um, of course, there's no good reason to stop anything in our life. That's right. Um, no matter what could potentially happen to us, but it, but that is probably one of the main reasons why we leave. Or and maybe that's not true from your perception. I'm not sure um, that we've accomplished something that the soul was hoping that we accomplished. And even though everything looks great uh, or not, um, it's time to go. Well, I actually do agree with you. With the only exception, and I, and I know you're going to agree with this, is that is then it, other people are involved, other souls are involved. And so how is my life, what reason do I have to here to stay uh, in this physical body? Because it's going to help other people with what they hoped to accomplish while they were here. And if there are other people in my life that I can significantly affect, in other words, I'd be more likely to help them get there than anybody else in their life or anybody else that might come into their life, then I'll probably stick around for their sake. And that's the case, too. But I want to go back to the child thing, because when children pass early, and that was sort of the plan to begin with, and I I, I always believe that it always is, 
Um, mm. The under, what we uh, parents go well. How did that help me? That didn't help me. That wasn't very nice. You know. Uh, what about what Bob just said? Well, what uh, what we're learning is you your soul made this choice. I know it sounds right. like a horrible choice to experience the loss of a child mm-hmm. and no grief from that place. And it teaches our soul from all eternity all the lessons that we gain from that experience. It's a horrible experience. It's tragic, no question about it. And it seems mean from our perspective. But from a spirit world uh, perspective where life is eternal as spiritual beings, it just it doesn't seem uh, as tragic and horrible as as it does to us. Right. You know, we're on the other side, believing in eternity and, and having a bigger awareness of many, many things, including our past lives and what it is that we want to heal from uh, or learn about or experience. I love the way you wrote experience. I think that's phenomenal. Less, uh, less of a, oh, less of a need to have an accomplishment, you know, more about just being here and, and enjoying ourselves to the best of our ability. And, and so um, as, we're, as we're over there, we don't think about how we're going to feel when we're in a physical body. And so when we come over here and then we're in a different mindset, a different vibration, a different frequency, that's when it seems impossible that we would make those type of choices. But we really do. We do. And, you know, it's interesting because... Um they have great compassion for us, and they do recognize our suffering, and, and they feel for it, and they try to minimize it as much as possible without taking away the lessons that we've gained from it. But they also do sort of see us the way we view children. And I always mm-hmm. use the, the, the example of if a, a child, um, the doll breaks, say the, hall, the head falls off the doll, and, and she comes to, to us, and, and she, you know, the parents, and she's all upset, you know, we are looking at that, and, and she's grieving. You know, her doll is never going to be the same. And, and, but we're sort of looking at it as, oh, isn't that cute in a way? And that's actually the experience that our souls are having with us when we're going through challenges here. Um, just as we know that the girl is going to be okay and she'll get other dolls or whatever, you know, she'll move on from this. Um, our souls feel the same way about us. They recognize that we are going to heal from this in one way or another, and that probably in, in, the, long, in the long haul we're going to benefit from it, that experience um, as a result. Wonderful. I'm having the pleasure of interviewing Bob Olson, the host of AfterlifeTV.com, about his wonderful new book, Answers About the Afterlife. We'll take a break and be right back. If you want to know how to get in touch with Marie or find out what's on her calendar, there's a variety of ways to do so. You could become Marie's friend on Facebook or even follow her on Twitter. Check out Marie's website. There's tons of new features like Chakra of the Month, a live Twitter feed, and three PDFs with extensive exercises for your chakras. You can also sign up for Marie's free quarterly newsletter and also get your questions answered in her Dear Marie column. Simply email Marie your question and she will answer it in an upcoming edition. Marie also will be speaking and signing books throughout the U.S. in 2014. Find out if she'll be in your area on her events page at energyintuitive.com. Every day, more than 1.4 million American lives are disrupted by Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. This year alone, 70,000 new cases will be diagnosed, and more and more of those are children. Nearly 75% of patients with Crohn's disease will require one or more surgeries at some point in their lives. Those are the facts. 
but they don't speak to the daily realities of living with Crohn's or colitis. Excruciating pain, a lifetime of medication, and days when they can't even get out of bed. There's a good chance you know someone suffering with Crohn's or colitis. Someone like me. I'm Amy Brenneman, and I'm asking you to support the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America. CCFA was created to help millions of us cope and to find cures. Visit ccfa.org today to learn more, donate, or join an event. It's time to face the facts and reach out to help someone you know at ccfa.org. Marie Manucheri will be holding a seminar in Hollyhock, Vancouver, entitled Discovering and Dissolving Blockages to Health. This seminar ranges from Friday, October 24th through Sunday, October 26th. You may have had a time in your life when you desperately needed a new way to look at a situation in order to reduce conflict or create change. Shifting energy breaks away patterns and allows everything to become new. Within the birth of new energy, anything is possible, even healing from a difficult disease. Join Marie for this two and a half day course to discover how to unravel old patterns and return to your authentic nature. For more information on how to register, visit our events page at energyintuitive.com. And again, this seminar will be in Hollyhock, Vancouver, British Columbia from Friday, October 24th through Sunday, October 26th. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We bring a unique talk radio blend your way every Friday and Saturday on 1150 KKNW. From pop culture to the paranormal, you get variety in a conversational style. Whether it's UFOs or ESP, angels or the afterlife, Bigfoot or your big dreams, everything is fair game on our show. Join the A-Team of Alternative Talk Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on the station that leads the pack without following the herd. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Tell your friends, the place to be is Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. After I died and the makeup had dried, I went back to my place. No moon that night, but a heavenly light shone on my face. Still I thought it was out. And welcome back to Marie Menu Cherry Show. We're live here in gorgeous, sunny Seattle. And I'm having the pleasure of interviewing Bob Olson, host of Afterlife TV, and his new book, Answers About the Life After. Olson offers thoughtful, serious, and practical answers to nearly 200 of the most commonly asked questions about death and dying, the afterlife, spirits, psychics, reincarnation, near-death experiences, and much more. I love how you even break down what is a psychic and what is a medium and a channeler. And I mean, you go into such lovely definitions of things. It's extremely helpful. Oh, thanks. You know, it, uh, it was one of those things where so many people get confused by those, you know, and um, it was, thought it was really important to sort of define those uh, from my perspective and, and and help people to know, you know, here's what it came down to. For the first two years, I, I say I investigated for 15 years. It was actually 17 years, but for two years, I didn't know where to investigate. Being a skeptic, being someone who had never thought about life after death right. before my father passed, where did I know how to look for evidence of life after death? Yeah. So I, I didn't know. And so that was sort of a secondary theme. And it was when I was writing this book to think about this is sort of telling people what the possibilities are. And if they're looking for evidence, these are the different places that they can go. And so if you go to a psychic, I wanted them to know what they could expect from a psychic, what they could expect from a channel, or what they could expect from a medium, uh, those sorts of things. And that's why I, I took the time to do that. Lovely. And throughout the book, you also make other book recommendations and give 
many resources for people so that they can get further answers um, or maybe a different uh, approach to the question, which I think is also very lovely. Loving, by the way, lovely. And we're going to go ahead and go to the phone lines. Who do you have, Benny? Yeah, we'll take uh, one more caller before the end of the show. We'll take Amanda, and she's calling in from Everett. So, Amanda, welcome to the show. Great. So, I've got a question. I have, in my late teens, had a childhood friend pass away, and now I have a daughter. And I've always got the feeling that they were somehow connected, not that that's reincarnation at all, but just the some kind of connection there with my daughter. Well, you know, that's, that's so possible, Amanda, um, in so many different ways. Now, the possibilities are endless. I mean, really, you, I would say probability, just like I think you're kind of feeling this, the probability is, yeah, that's probably not your friend, but the possibility is, yes, it could be, okay? But the other possibility is um, that your um, your friend is uh, watching over, a spirit guide sort of, I mean, there's different different types of spirit guides, but sort of a guide of of your daughter, you said, right? Yes, and that's exactly, I think, the way that I feel, more of a guide. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so she's watching over, helping, um, uh, helping her to accomplish what she wants to accomplish in life. So if your if your daughter does go through challenges, don't get mad at your don't get mad at your friend. Hey, why'd you let that happen? <laughs> um, but I mean, that's a really significant role to be sort of helping something from the spirit world, kind of like my father does with my work, um, helping someone in that way. And that and and because your friend knows you from a from a physical physical life place, uh, she really knows uh, the best way to help out your daughter, what you would want. She knows so much about you. You guys have a connection, and now it's sort of a three-way connection. I think it's beautiful. What a great, mm-hmm. what a great story. Yeah, it, it feels like that, you know, this being, if you will, is even enjoying the relationship, you know, like she didn't get to finish that relationship with you, and so she's, you know, combining her love of her own childhood and experiences with you. It's, it is really quite beautiful. So, Bob, then I think you believe that you know, our loved ones could be guides in some way for us, but they're not our primary guides, most likely. And, and I agree as well. I always believe that family members, we have a little bit too much baggage maybe, or uh, you know that, that our primary spirit guides have a lot of um, neutrality when it comes to us and, and the way that they guide us. Is that something that you agree with? Or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think it's really important that they remain detached. Um, I also think, you know, for most of the people in our life, uh, you know, they, our, our key, our main guides have to be with us since our birth. They have to be there right. from the beginning. So if there's right. someone that we knew, then obviously they couldn't have been there with right. us from the beginning. Right. I do believe that we have lots of guides, but I think the main guides are the ones that are there from the beginning, and that our loved ones in spirit, I agree with you, you know, like you said, that's a great way to say it, just too much baggage yeah. to really become <laughs> you uh, know, yeah. our guides. Yeah, yeah Grandma's yeah. going to remember too much stuff and, and may not be quite as effective. And Amanda, I wanted to, to tell you, I'm sure you already know this, but you and your daughter are very intuitive. Um, I mean, you both have stunning third eyes, lots of great function, color, your daughter actually um, is significantly intuitive. Um, have you noticed that? Uh, in yes, I have. Yeah. Yes. She's yes. Got it's it quite... hard to be upset and hide it around her. <laughs> yeah, she's quite talented, you know, and that's a lovely thing. I love that you've allowed her to maintain that awareness. And, um, and so if she suffers from 
you know, problems with her mind, like headaches or tension or anything like that, then just encourage her to to be quiet and allow herself to move into that knowing place because that, that headache will be um, kind of a, 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 a way that she's blocking something. It will just be a reminder that she needs to relax and become quiet because the answers are right there for her. They're quite significant. Great. All right. It makes a lot of sense. Great. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank Thanks, you. Amanda. So, you know that was a great. That's a great. That's great advice. I, I think. I think it's really important. Now we've had two people where their children's the children have some ability, um, uh, either psychic mm. or mediumistic, and I think it's really important that uh, parents, uh, well, all adults, encourage this in our children, the children in our lives, encourage them to to use it to to not feel a stigma around it, uh, and to to work with it to to make it stronger. And uh, because that's the reason that we shut it down as adults is because we weren't, at least I didn't grow up with that sort of uh, uh, open-mindedness. Um, and so I think it would, it's a great message if we can send that out to adults everywhere that when you find children with these abilities to encourage them to, to use them. Right, because you said early on in the show that, you know, we all can communicate in some way to our loved ones. And so if we really believe in intuition and the fact that we are multisensory beings, then it becomes easier with less effort um, to allow that to happen to us, which is what everyone on the other side wants. You know, that's why, you know, we're in a place of consciousness and frequency where the vibration is so high, thankfully. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're in a t- on a toilet, sitting on a toilet. You don't have to be in an ashram to have the vibration at, at a high frequency um, so that, that the humankind's consciousness can expand so that we have less grief and more understanding and um, uh, a, a stronger connection with many aspects of, of all of um, creation. So I, I love that you, um, that, that you, that you know that, uh, that people can, that anyone could really have a relationship with their loved one. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a great thing, and a really important thing for people to know. I, I really, I, I mean, that's, that's at the foundation of working through your grief, is not feeling as though you're totally disconnected from them. Yes, physically, uh, we can't hug them. Yes, they, we don't have their companionship the way we used to have it, but we're not disconnected from them. We can communicate with them. They do know what we're hearing and uh, what we're saying and thinking, and, uh, and they are sending us signs and signals as well if we just uh, open our minds to be aware of those things. So before we go, I think we'll just quickly... Uh, oh, are we getting really that close, yeah, really? A minute oh my left. gosh, a minute left. So okay, fast, well, then I'm it? not going to ask... I'm probably not going to ask another question then, Bob, because I think it would too, be too long to answer it. But I want to thank you so much for coming on your on the show. I love your book. It's beautiful. You did a fantastic job. Thank you so much. Well, I really pre- appreciate you saying that. Uh, it means a lot to me. And uh, I thank you for having me on today. Um, I thank Benny, thank Amy, Amanda, everybody else who's listening. Uh, I really am truly grateful. Aww. Well, thank you so much. Have a beautiful um, time in Maine with your wife and picking apples and whatever else you guys <laughs> end up doing. And may all the spirits um, celebrate your life uh, as well. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. I'll be at the new Renaissance Bookstore in Portland, Oregon tonight. And then Ombais uh, Yoga Studio tomorrow night giving a book talk and then teaching a workshop all day Saturday. You can find out more about these events at energyintuitive.com. Joyful blessings. Bye-bye.